We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa a Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Wix.com. It is Tuesday, October 25th. I'm Jake Letarski alongside Eric Katuri. If you're out there on Twitter, please give Eric a follow at ETCAT30. You can follow me at JakeSki52. Quick reminder, if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher and can take a moment to please leave us a nice uh, rating and review, it would be greatly appreciated. Eric, I managed to patch together my second straight four in one week. Golden Tate coming back to life has meant good things for my couple of shares. So I'm starting to get back on track. How did you do this week? <laughs> um, you know, the great in two, not so great in the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, after 
back to back four and zero weeks. Just went two and two. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know, yeah. like it's going to happen every once in a while, but it, it, it was kind of disappointing. Yeah, the, uh, the, the let's talk <clears> about the one league that really matters, the one that we're in together, the stake league. Uh, did you pull out a win in that one, or was that one of the losses? That was one of the losses. Um, nice. I'm I, creeping up I, like, on you in that division. Yeah, yeah. Like, <clears throat> I'm I'm just having trouble personally, like putting together points. Um, and like, honestly, none of the skill position players aside from like David Johnson are actually hitting the end zone. So it's like, you're just kind of like at the behest of that, those players, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess if you need a, uh, a wide out running back or tight end, I might have some options for you. Yeah. I am the points leader though, in that league, despite entering the week three and three, I don't know how much I want to dismantle my team so far. You don't want to don't want to mess with the good thing here. But yeah. let's move on, Eric. Uh, talk about some Monday night football. We had the two Houston Texans <clears throat> who head to Denver. Uh, Brock Osweiler, his return to Denver was the big uh, big story after whatever side you take. Maybe they cast him aside. Maybe he wanted too much money. Maybe he just wanted to go somewhere else. Uh, but that was the big story of the game, uh, the Denver defense wanting to kill Brock Osweiler. They actually did not – well, I guess they had one sack, it says in the box score here. But overall, this game was dominated by the Denver Broncos. Let's start on the losing side, the Texans' side, where the real star of the game was – I don't know if you can even say this, but field goal kicker Nick Novak. He was 3-for-3 three three with a long of 43 because they only scored nine points. Brock Osweiler, 22-for-41, 131 yards, a pathetic 3.2 yards per attempt. That's not going to get anything done. Zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Lamar Miller – 11 carries for 61 yards. Uh, he was limited. He had a shoulder injury. Yeah, and, he, yeah, he yeah. left for a bit with that shoulder injury, and then it was you know back and forth between him and Alfred Blue the yep. rest of the game. Yeah, Alfred Blue, from what I noticed from the game flow, Alfred Blue kind of came in to relieve Miller. <coughs> they were going to give him a rest. Uh, Blue finished with 11 carries for 63 yards, so actually slightly more productive than Miller in the rushing department. Uh, Miller more productive in terms of pass catching, caught three of his four targets, but just six yards there. Uh, I mean – Blue from the game flow, he was going. They were using him, and then he fumbled in uh, in Denver territory when he, that was. And at that point in the game, uh, the Texans were down just one score, mm-hmm. and they were driving. So he very very costly fumble. And then after that, it seemed to me like Lamar Miller was kind of back in, and the man. So he lost his chance, perhaps. He possibly <laughs> lost his chance. You're going to want to keep an eye on uh, the practice status of Lamar Miller. I don't think the shoulder injury is over, overly serious considering he was able to return back to the game and play most of the later stages of that game. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, Alfred Blue does – we're not going to talk about him a ton when we get to running backs today. We're not actually really going to talk about him at all uh, because it's presumed that Lamar Miller will be healthy. But keep that on your radar for the upcoming week here. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about with Houston, DeAndre Hopkins pretty much bottled up by this uh, this crew of Denver cornerbacks. Hopkins targeted 12 times. He remains among the lead, lead, league leaders in targets. But Hopkins finished with just five catches – 436 yards here because he played Denver do you think it's a buy low opportunity or are you actually worried about Hopkins and the productivity of his quarterback Brock Osweiler and possibly his limitations <laughs> I mean you have to right like Osweiler had I mean I've I guess I've seen like the last four or five Texans games and it doesn't seem like he can like find him at all like in a you know good positions to actually produce yeah. Like, the deep ball's not working at all. And when he's, like, running out to the sideline, those aren't totally working either. It's like, they don't seem to have really good chemistry. The telecast last night proposed that in this Bill O'Brien offense, there's a lot of wide receiver option routes, and there's still some time yet 
where Osweiler needs to maybe get on the same page with those receivers and do a better job of predicting where he's going to be. I mean, yeah, that's John Gruden in the Monday Night Telecast, so take it with a grain of salt, but it seems to make a, a little I bit mean, of sense there. So, yeah, working with Brian Hoyer last year for most of the season, as well as a few other QBs, you know, he was spectacular, but only this year he has only four catches of 20-plus yards. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, that's just not the guy you bought in the first round if you, yeah. you know, actually – did tab him there. To his credit, though, let's let's look at this. The last three weeks, week five, Minnesota and Xavier Rhodes. Week six, Indianapolis, not the greatest overall defense, but they had Vontae Davis healthy to lock him down. And then week seven, the Broncos. Sure. Things are at the very least looking up for Hopkins because he's got Detroit, then a bye week, then at Jacksonville, at Oakland, home against San Diego, at Green Bay, at Indy again, Ooh. Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Tennessee. So it's a pretty nice I, – I actually think – that this is a potential by low opportunity on Hopkins. You, sure. you go ahead and send your offers out right after the uh, right after what is possibly going to be his worst game of the season. Well, I mean, okay, one catch for four yards in Tennessee week four, that's probably going to stand as his worst game of the season, barring injury. But this was his second worst game of the year. Yeah. And, um, and, and note, uh, they're, they're playing the Lions this weekend. The Lions' top corner is injured at the moment, Darius Slay. Yep. So if, if he, in fact, is inactive, they're going to be down to – you know, second stringers at that point. Yeah, absolutely. We'll actually talk about that in a second when we get to streaming options for the week. But let's finish this off with the Denver side of the ball. Trevor Simeon, again, very modest production, 14 for 25, 153 or 157 yards, 6.3 yards per attempt. One touchdown pass to Demarius Thomas, who finished with 6 for 40 on 10 targets. That led the team. Emmanuel Sanders finished with four catches for 86 yards on eight targets. The real story, though, is the running game and the starting to see more of a timeshare in the running game. C.J. Anderson had 16 carries for 107 yards and a score. And then our boy, Devontae Booker, 17 for 83 and a score. C.J. Anderson was running for his job, and I think he actually might have held on to it. He averaged 6.7 per carry and Booker just 4.9. But Booker sure does look nice in that Denver offense, don't you think? Well, yeah, and like I don't see why they wouldn't go with this two-headed monster. Uh, mm-hmm. We've seen it work in Atlanta, but the one did go down this past weekend, which we may talk yep. about. Exactly. Um, you know, Tevin Coleman, of course. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, like, why not roll with that and have both your running backs healthy and also happy because they're getting touches on a weekly basis? Exactly. There's no reason to give any single one of these guys 30 carries, but if you can give them both 15, 16, yeah. I think that's the perfect storm. And this is a team that's going to keep running the football. Yeah, plus they don't really have the explosive passing game that they've had in years past, you know, with Paint Band and Gunn and Trevor Semyon under center. So. Mm-hmm. They're going to really have to rely on this ground game to actually get them going. And it's not exactly as if the passing game under Peyton sure. Manning was all that explosive last the, year. Anyway. Definitely last year, yeah. yeah. The year before, <laughs> things are, you know, the few years before that, things were going well. But basically, I think Devontae Booker starts to become startable in some in some formats. I would if say he's still so. still out there on your waiver wire, you need to go get him. Because if anything happens to C.J. Anderson, he becomes a running back one the rest of the year. I'm confident enough in his skill set to proclaim that. And, uh, and you never know. Maybe we could see that carry split I still I think we we kind of proclaimed this last week when we discussed Devontae Booker but he right now is essentially the leading candidate to be the 2016 David Johnson yeah there's a very good shot of of, of the Cardinals how last year they they held on to him they stood pat they didn't really use him a whole lot till kind of the second half of the season and now we're starting to approach the second half of the season here with week eight on tap here week eight is a very important week for fantasy owners and a very important week to be listening to this waiver wire podcast we have got baltimore los angeles miami the new york giants 
Pittsburgh and San Francisco all on buys. This is one of the heaviest weeks for buys. So it is time for the real fantasy owners to come out to play and get those lineups in order. If you can survive this week, you can survive any week here. Real quick reminder for our waiver wire slash fab preview portion of the show that all fab recommendations are based on a 12 team standard format with a $100 budget. I took percent owned finger figures. Uh, I don't know, right around uh, the second half of last night's Monday night football game, just for a little perspective. So of course they're subject to change regularly as league websites start to process more and more first come first serve waivers here, but let's start off with quarterbacks. Eric last week, we profiled Kirk cousins and Marcus Mariota, uh, both, Ended up with serviceable games, right around 20 fantasy points. I think Kirk Cousins, the rushing touchdown, got him a little over. And uh, if it weren't for the turnovers, Mariota would have been over 20. So both decent, decent options, probably both worth being owned. But as far as this week goes, streaming options. Let's backtrack to Monday Night Football a little bit and talk about Brock Osweiler at home against <clears throat> Detroit with the Lions injury situation. Is he somebody that you might look to stream this week? Yeah, I mean, if I mean, let's go back to the uh, you know teams that are on by this week. Uh, mm-hmm. So you might be without no Joe hmm, Flacco, see, no, no Case Eli Manning. Keenum. Yeah, I mean Joe no, Flacco, yeah, Tannehill's probably not owned, but yeah, no, <laughs> no, no Manning. No, of course Ben Roethlisberger, so, you're still without. So yeah, so we're talking about probably a 14 team or deeper league. Mm-hmm. If you're if and you're without course, your yeah. your you know main man at yeah. Under center, and if but you're yeah. in a twelve-team two-quarterback league, then yeah. some of these guys might be available. To, yeah, maybe Osweiler's yeah. out there, given how he's played so far. Yeah, exactly. So he is facing Detroit, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. and Detroit has given up the most fantasy points, standard po- fantasy points to quarterbacks this season, twenty-three point one, including eighteen touchdown passes and multiple yep. TDs in six of seven games, and almost two thousand passing yards surrendered already. Yes, mm-hmm. and and this is a game where Detroit is on the road. And, I mean, okay, I, I'm not ready to buy oh, – Osweiler, he had a rough game. His receivers didn't do him a lot of favors, and then there were the turnovers, the Alfred Blue turnover in particular here. I'm not going to write him off and get on his back too much for being a bad quarterback just because the Denver defense shut him down. Denver defense will shut down anybody in their path here. So I think if Osweiler is serviceable and a serviceable quarterback in an excellent matchup makes a streaming option. Oh, yeah, for sure, most definitely. Mm-hmm. And the other one you have here is Alex Smith. He's facing Indy in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indianapolis has a 25th-ranked pass defense, 281 per game, and they've allowed 11 TDs in seven games so far, but mm-hmm. two per game in the last four. Exactly. Exactly two per game. So it's not even just, for example, if your quarterback is on a bye. There are other situations where maybe you want to consider streaming a quarterback. Let's say you've got Phillip Rivers. He's mm-hmm. on the road in Denver this week. That's probably a situation you'll want to consider avoiding a little bit. Uh, I mean, Jake Cutler, if he's out there, he'll be back. He's got the Vikings. They've been very unforgiving to opposing quarterbacks. So there's a couple kind of situations there where I, the matchups aren't the greatest, and you might want to consider some other options. Uh, speaking of Jake Cutler, let's give a quick update for those in two quarterback leagues. He's got a thumb, and it looks he's got a thumb in. Of course, he's got a sprained thumb. thumb. He's got a sprained thumb, and uh, it seems looks like, to be healed though. <laughs> seems to be healed. It looks like he uh, he'll be back this week. Uh, you know, at least Chicago has the Cubs, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, and uh, th- yeah. I mean, okay. if you, you're pro- not everybody out there is a baseball fan, but the World Series does start this evening. That exactly. is Tuesday evening. Of course, we're tuned into all sports here in the Roto office. But welcome back, Jay Cutler. You get to face the Vikings. 
Good luck. There's not a single in format. In Soldier Field, though. Yeah, well, yeah, like that makes a difference. <laughs> There's not a single format in which I would consider picking up Jay Cutler this week. Please do so at your own risk. Even in a yeah. two-quarterback league, I'd probably rather take someone's backup because at least you won't get negative points. Okay, yeah. maybe that's a little too hard. It's pretty hard to get negative fantasy points as a quarterback, but you should just ma- saying. You should mention that's a Monday night affair, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a late one. Probably not an option in daily if you were if you were thinking about doing something silly like that. That, that, that two game stretch with uh, Monday Thursday on DraftKings, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah, but yeah, don't do that, <laughs> listeners here. But seriously, uh, a couple more two quarterback league updates here. Geno Smith has a torn ACL. I guess they go back to Fitzpatrick, right? Because they want they still want to keep up this illusion that they're a playoff team. Um, eventually, if they keep losing, if Fitzpatrick continues on a record-setting interception pace. Well, they we got to look to other options, right? Yeah, and uh, Todd Bowles has been the one who's actually had to speak to the media and you know answer questions about why we're rostering four quarterbacks, the only team in the league that's actually has four four quarterbacks on the fifty-three man roster. Mm-hmm. And he always has had to say that. Well, oh, we have we have a plan for be this. Three now with Geno. Yes, Smith exactly. On IR, so but, maybe that's what they but, were anticipating. But but in advance of like this past weekend when Geno Smith went down with the injury, the knee injury. He always had to say, we have a plan. Well, the plan is, you know, approaching fast, and they might have to make that decision, you know, Petty or Hackenberg. But these guys aren't getting reps in practice, so it's hard to, like, tell if they'd actually be able or be effective in game action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, I mean, there's two quarterback leagues where everyone needs to be rostered, but for now, even speculative bids are you'd have to be in, like, a dynasty league with 10, 12 bench spots for sure. and two quarterbacks to really think about going on yeah. and making a bid this week. Uh, another quarterback in hot water, Case Keenum threw four picks in London, but Jeff Fisher's been pretty dismissive of the chances of him getting replaced by Jared Goff, right? Yeah, I mean, Jeff Fisher is sticking with Keenum, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. He's pretty hard-headed about it. I don't think we're going to see Goff for a while. I mean, you know, if they're out of playoff contention at a certain point, I it doesn't really make sense to you know, not have Goff play a little bit to get some NFL experience under his belt, but yeah, later a loss. Yeah, I think we'll see that. I, I was silly and I took Goff into best ball. I thought maybe we'd get to see him longer, earlier than anticipated, or at least I didn't have the Case Keenum confidence. But they're going to keep going with Keenum here. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of terrible quarterbacks, uh, we'll sw- <laughs> sw- transition over here to the Cleveland Browns, where Cody Kessler left Sunday's game. Kevin Hogan, the Browns' fifth quarterback to take a snap this year, and the season is not even halfway done. Kevin Hulk Hogan entered the game. Kevin Hulk Hogan entered the game. I'm just going to call yeah, him that from now on. Uh, I mean, Josh McCown should be back soon. There's there's not really a whole lot to watch for in this type of quarterback scenario here. I mean, when McCown comes back, I think he's serviceable, but that has more of an effect on the likes of Gary Barnage and the eventual return of Corey Coleman mm-hmm. rather than actually picking up quarterbacks in any type of fantasy format. Yeah, and we did see him actually, Kevin Hogan, that is, pull off an impressive touchdown run in mm-hmm. you know, Sunday's he, he game made, against he made the Bengals. Yeah, was, he actually made that people was miss. pretty cool. I think that was just the case of people not expecting it or not having a ton of film on this yeah, guy or really exactly. knowing how or what to prepare for. And that exactly. kind of took him by surprise because he was bottled up after that pretty well by do, the Bengals' do, defense. Yeah, do, we re- do you recall... Kevin Hogan actually being a mobile quarterback when he was at Stanford. I mean, I, it, he just seemed like a game manager there. Yeah, they didn't really have to use him as a mobile quarterback the last sure. few years. I mean, last year he had Christian McCaffrey. So, yeah. what, what would your what kind of coach are you if your quarterback's doing a bunch of designed runs when you have McCaffrey at your disposal? Exactly. So, right. I, I mean, but we didn't, we didn't get to see it. So, who knows? Yeah, yeah. took him by surprise. Is the is the long story short? But here. when we talk about his passing line, he was only twelve of twenty four for a hundred yards and two interceptions. So, not exactly inspiring. 
Yeah, not. I mean, right in the four yards per attempt range, fifty percent completion. I mean, yeah. that is uh, that's a negative WAR quarterback in honor of the yes. World Series. We'll throw out a baseball term: <laughs> wins above replacement. Uh, yeah, it looks like Hogan. I mean, I'd say just about every quarterback that has started for the Browns or will start for the Browns the rest of the season probably negative WAR. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Kessler. Did you mention as a concussion? McCown's coming back from the shoulder injury potentially, and then they did pick up uh, Joe Callahan off of waivers, former Packer. Oh boy, former Packer, great. So they might have to. They might trot out a six quarterback at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, yeah, I mean, I mean, Joe Callahan was a gamer for the Packers in the preseason. Yeah, he, was, he put drives together, and that's more than we've seen out of most Cleveland quarterbacks. We should mention too that he did. He's one of two quarterbacks in college football history to throw for five thousand yards in the season. Exactly, and one, and one more thing. The Browns welcome the Jets into town on Sunday. Oh, this juicy. Is the, this is the first first week of the year where I'm not necessarily confident about picking the team that plays the Browns in Survivor. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it time for Cleveland to get win number one of the year? I mean, it's going to happen at some point, so why not this weekend? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but, I mean, if they don't get Joe Hayden back to pad that secondary, I mean, Fitzmagic might, sure. have, might run train on them. Yeah, uh, but, I mean... <laughs> Darrell Revis and company has not been an island at all. It's been an entire continent. Like, you can get whatever you want on them yeah. at this point. Yeah, I mean, the Jets' run defense is solid, but uh, so, so you're gonna need, but you need a quarterback to be able to sure. be a weak secondary, and that's not the case here. Man, we just spent way too much time talking about the Browns. Let's move on to the running back <laughs> position here. Where last week, we hopefully helped you all win some uh, matchups here by recommending Jay Ajayi and recommending 25 to 35% of your budget. Hopefully, you still own Jay Ajayi because Arian Foster, surprise retirement announcement on Monday night. Did you see that one coming at all? Um, I didn't see it coming, but I, w- I was actually kind of surprised he ended up playing this season um, just because of all the debilitating injuries he's had in the past. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, at this point, after getting injured immediately to start this season, I'm not totally shocked. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you've got Jay Ajayi playing so well that yeah. Foster, if he were to be used, would be a backup capacity. So now, Arian Foster lies in our safe drop candidate list. Yeah, so. in, in in essence, he lost that job, and I don't know if he wanted to really fight for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that could very well be it. Also, last week, we profiled Devontae Booker, who we profiled pretty heavily earlier on in the show. Seriously, folks, got a feeling about him. Make sure he's owned. And if he's not, go ahead and go get him because yeah. there's going to be some – the dividends that Devontae Booker play, pays will will happen during playoff time, and that's when it's going to help you the most. Just mm-hmm. just mark our words here. That's going to happen. Uh, last week we also profiled Niall Davis. Didn't really have a role on Thursday night against the Bears. Of course, very limited time to get acquainted. We profiled Mike Gillisley as well, uh, who got a few more carries than expected uh, with LaShawn McCoy exiting that game, suffering kind of a hamstring setback. Yep. Gillisley is in play again this week here because it looks like it's going to be a very similar situation with McCoy. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, you don't really like the fantasy outlook of McCoy, and it's very risky. It's also risky to play Gillisley, I suppose, but maybe you can get some more insight watching the practice reports all week long. Yeah, and just note that they're playing New England this weekend. I don't know if you really want to you know, roll with a running back going against the Pats D. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Bills ran the ball pretty effectively against New England the last time, but I wouldn't bet on that happening once again. Yeah. But how about some new guys? I think this was a player, the first guy we'll talk about is someone that we kind of loosely profiled very early in the season, maybe in a preseason waiver wire when we were worried about Matt Jones losing his job. That is Chris Thompson of the Washington Redskins, owned in 13% of Yahoo and 14% of ESPN leagues. Last week, after a Matt Jones fumble, 
Thompson stepped in and he outcarried and outgained Jones. Jones finished with 10 carries for 27. Of course, easy math, 2.7 yards per carry. Thompson finished with 12 carries for 73 yards. A little bit harder math, 6.1 yards per carry. Uh, Thompson also more effective out of the backfield with his true value coming with the seven receptions on eight targets for 40 yards here. I mean, Chris Thompson, is he a must-add now? I mean... In PPR formats, at least, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we've we talked about how the – well, prior to this podcast, that the running back situation is, you know, getting pretty dire out there. Mm-hmm. And, it, and considering the fact that he's roughly unowned in 87% of leagues, you know, seven out of eight leagues, I, I think you have to nab him, hope – with the hope that he actually gets his job or the or I guess a plurality of like the touches. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh these these two guys, Thompson and Matt Jones, have each received two hundred and twenty one snaps this season. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. They have the exact same snap count on the season, which is forty seven percent of the offensive touch or snaps so far. Exactly. I mean, See, do you do you really that's the thing. In a 12-team league, do you want to have a running back that's, you know, on the field that little? If it's a PPR format with bye weeks coming up, then yes, because yeah, there's some exactly. value there. After a couple of weeks, I think he can go back on the waiver wire. I mean, personally, after Matt Jones had back-to-back pretty big weeks, I went ahead and cut my two shares of Chris Thompson, mm-hmm. and I don't even – I'm debating, bidding for him, picking him back up, maybe in the 4 to $8 bid range, something like that. I wouldn't go a whole lot higher, though. Yeah, that – yeah, I think four would be probably my max at this point, but but it, it really depends on how much you know cash you have left in Fab. Yeah, I guess uh, a lot of us are gonna are gonna pass on that because there will be better opportunities at running backs down the road. I mean, there mm-hmm. almost there almost always is. He's yeah. kind of a stopgap, a fill in for your PPR formats here, but uh, he's something worth noting nonetheless. The next guy I want to talk about here, uh, we I want to head to San Francisco because the Carlos Hyde news, he his shoulder injury. Uh, that really didn't break until after our podcast last week. So I want to kind of discuss the San Francisco backfield, but with a contingent, to the reminder here that they are on a bye week this week and uh, none of these options will be able to be used. But anyway, Carlos Hyde, so he was kind of a late addition to the injury report, had that shoulder issue, didn't practice Thursday, then eventually got ruled out, uh, then inactive, of course. Uh, just not, I mean, so then it turns to just a slew of running backs. Mike Davis, Sean Drone, former Packer great Dewan Harris, great is <laughs> used loosely there. Um, anything? I mean, say Carlos Hyde, the injury lingers into Week Nine. Is there any value in, in those three backs, or is it is it such a timeshare? Is it almost to the point where it was like with Oakland when Latavius Murray went down, and they had three backs that none of which were particularly productive? Yeah, well, I'll just throw this out there. Uh, you know, go. If you're going on past production, you would have thought Chandron, Chandron rather, would have got most of the touches, but that didn't happen. Dewan Harris actually had 11 carries for 39 yards in uh, Sunday's game. Um, I do you? Let's see. I mean, Mike, think, da- Mike you, Davis got the touchdown. That's the thing that yeah. will turn most heads. Seven carries for 21 yards and a touchdown. I mean, Harrison is at 11 carries, averaged three and a half per carry. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick was their leading rusher. Yeah, so yeah, coming into the season, you would have thought Sean Drown would be number two, but coming into this past week, Mike Davis seemed to be the number two. You're right, he did get the touchdown, but the fact that you know the production was just spread around among the three running backs just tells me that you 
just want to you yeah. want to avoid it. Harris had the most rushing yards. Davis had the rushing touchdown. Drone led the team in both targets and receptions. Exactly. Finished with five for thirty-seven and a receiving touchdown. It's just so far all over the place. Mm-hmm. There's not really much of a consistent option. I think because Dewan Harris wasn't the most effective, I have a gut feeling about Mike Davis, but I don't really have a whole lot to back that up I on. See. I mean, if you're in a 16-teamer and got to start someone, maybe Davis. But keep in mind, uh, we don't know a whole lot about the Carlos Hyde situation. Yeah. But uh, but but I guess we'll wait and see. I mean. Well, okay, so I, I, I caught a few glimpses of this of this game on Sunday, mm-hmm. and it seemed like Dewan Harris was getting touches between the twenties. Drone or Drone rather was getting, you know, the third down work, and then Davis was getting the goal line work, but that was, you know, few and far between. So I mean, yeah, he did get a touchdown, but he had nary a touch. Yeah, so think of maybe Mike Davis as like a like a Tolbert's Matt Asiata. Or yeah, Matt has the uh, that's I mean, that's a that's a good app. Tolbert is like he'll get one or two carries a game, yeah. and they'll be when there's a one yard thing. I mean, mm-hmm. Davis might get used a little bit more frequently than that, but also with the goal line carries. So I think I like the Asiata comp. Asiata yeah. Mike he got more work this week because McKinnon was was a little bit limited with an ankle injury. I don't mm-hmm. think that's going. To, I mean, the ankle's banged up. They've got all the way till Monday. I think we're not going to see a huge uptick in Asiata's value. That's why I didn't write Asiata down to talk about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's funny how we can jump around like that. But yeah. <laughs> But uh, D- yeah, Davis kind of a roughly an Asiata comp. That's the type of production that you can expect there. But none of these guys too valuable at all, even if Carlos Hyde comes back here. So I guess we will wait and see on that. Therefore, Fab, a dollar, zero dollars. You can probably get away with something like that. There's yeah. Uh, yeah, just not a whole lot to like there. Um, let's see. Uh, I want to run down a, one honorable mention at least, uh, and that means uh, Don Jackson. You know, we talked about Niall Davis. We talked about Ty Montgomery for the Packers. Don Jackson signed off the Packers practice squad, but he does have to contend with both Davis and Montgomery. There's probably as not, well as a hand injury. As well as a hand injury that I I totally missed that nice catch, Eric. Uh, yeah, he that's he left the game, and that's why Montgomery got all the work. Yeah. So so there we go here. Uh, yeah, Montgomery I think should be your top target if you're going to look for something to contend with in that Packers and, backfield. And note if you're in an ESPN league. Uh, Ty Montgomery now has running back availability as well. So uh, obviously a great flex option, but you can actually put him in for or into your running back slot this mm-hmm. week. Yeah, I mean, he's been working with the position group. It was just a yeah. matter of time. A couple other news and notes. Kadeem Carey somewhat uh, got more carries than Jordan Howard against the Packers. I mean, I don't know if this is going to turn into a committee eventually, but uh, he should at least be on your – I'd put Kadeem Carey on your watch list just to see how the snap counts play out the next couple of weeks. I don't know if I'd be too aggressive about picking up and starting Carey because I think it was more or less riding the hot hand. Also with the short week, maybe giving Jordan Howard a little bit of a break. Uh, other news and notes, Peyton Barber and Antoine Smith, they're around in Tampa Bay. Maybe a couple bucks here. I mean, Barber had a decent week. Uh, I mean, he had 12 – carries for 84 yards and he got the touchdown but long John touchdown yeah too. it was a long touchdown that kind of bolsters the whole uh the whole thing I mean Antoine Smith only had three touches three touches for 47 yards Rodgers didn't have a touchdown but he had I believe over 150 rushing yards here uh and again this was against a dreadful San Francisco defense here I mean is there any back in Tampa Bay that you'd own outside of Jacquez Rodgers or is are you kind of writing off this Peyton Barber thing as a one-off scenario <laughs> Yeah, it has to be a one-off. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doug Martin, yeah, he's out indefinitely. But I mean, 
Hell, we, he could be back know, in like two or three weeks. Yeah, we know Doug Martin's injury history. There's no rush to get him back, given mm-hmm. that history. Sure. Here. So I still think the man's Jack was Rodgers, who needs to be owned in all formats by yeah. now. He was owned in 0% to start the year. I mean, are, it should be 100% by this weekend. Yeah, are you going to have Peyton Barber as a handcuff anywhere? I mean, at the, no. No, exactly. Like, Absolutely Even 16-team leagues. Yeah, and I mean, his 7.0 yards per, per carry – that was against a terrible, the worst run defense, pretty much San Francisco, and also late in the game here. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't write too much into that. In a deep league, I can see maybe a buck or two. Other than that, not so much. Uh, real quick before we move on to the next position, drop candidates. We have Arian Foster. He can probably go uh, with Jonathan Stewart back. He could probably send Fozzie Whitaker, Cameron Artis Payne back to the waiver wire. I wrote Justin Forsett on here. He just doesn't seem to be getting enough of a, a workload in Detroit. Maybe mm-hmm. you can hold on to him in a deeper format and see if you're getting somewhere there. Anyone else uh, for for your waiver options? Anyone else that you're thinking about dropping, or is it pretty much? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like easier. looked over all four of my teams, and then like I I couldn't find anybody any running back that I really wanted to like jettison at this point. So yeah, yeah I mean these are kind of like the top options since mm-hmm. you know they're getting barely New any work candidates. at this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's nobody else that changed roles a ton, but yeah, mm-hmm. you're always going to want to keep in mind and uh, try to improve your roster as much as possible. Sure. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot going on there uh, in all those backfields. But as far as moves that I actually waiver moves that I actually made, I uh, I did cut Fozzie Whitaker in the hopes of picking up Devonte Adams on the waiver wire. We'll get to that in the second half of the show. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business, and it all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, that even the drag-and-drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your business, you're bound to be busy, too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com now to create your website today. The result will be stunning. Eric, as promised, we're going to talk about these Green Bay Packer wideouts here in the wide receiver portion of this Fantasy Football Waiver Wire podcast. Last week, we profiled Ty Montgomery. He is now running back eligible in ESPN formats. That eligibility makes him even more valuable. We also profiled Mike Wallace last week. I think his availability has dried up completely by now. He had another 10 catches for 120. But uh, back to the Packers. Ty Montgomery having a big-time role as a running back. But Devontae Adam was the real eye-popping stat line this week. Thursday night against Chicago, he was targeted a team-high 16 times. He had 13 catches for 132 yards two scores while other receivers like Jordy Nelson, for example, finished with one catch for nine yards here. Hey, did you want to know something about that 13 catch day? What about it? It's, it actually tied the franchise record for catches in a, uh, for a green Bay Packer in a game tying Don Hudson in, in a single game. Yeah. Not just like in a Thursday night game. Yeah. Just a single well, game. Okay. So, so if he had had one more, he would have become the franchise leader for, receptions in a game mm-hmm. i know a lot of packer fans have been waiting for this from Devonte adams yeah. for a long time he was pretty 
pretty well touted coming out of Fresno State. Derek Carr, of course, was his quarterback there. Uh, also in this game, you want to talk franchise record. Aaron Rodgers' 39 completions were also a franchise record yep. here. I Passing think, Brett Favre, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I mean, it has to be, right? It was like 36 or something before, yeah, I think. Because there's no way like Bart Starr ever threw that no. many times. In, in or even Lynn Dickey. Area. Yeah, Lynn Dickey, that wasn't going to quite get it done. Don Mikowski, maybe. There's mm. probably some games where he had to throw a bunch. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, we can reminisce about the Packers for days here, but let's talk about this receiver situation here. Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy and the Packers using a big, it's kind of a dink and dunk offense. He maybe threw the ball over 10 yards once, I think. There's a weird stat about that. He was not looking down the field. Now, eventually, the Green Bay Packers, if they're going to continue to win games, Aaron Rodgers will have to throw the ball down the field. To beat the Bears with Matt Barkley at the helm on a short week, the dink and dunk was perfectly sufficient, very well suited for PPR formats here. I mean, Jordy Nelson only targeted four times. I'm going to write that off as a fluke. But that being said, Devontae Adams still needs to be owned, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so in his first two seasons, we were really disappointed in him uh, because of the drops. Yeah, the drops were always Huge issues with drops. He only had a 55% catch rate. He's boosted that up to 65% this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And... And the yeah. drops limited limited his overall usage because Aaron Rodgers would sure. be reluctant to t- trust him, and he would rather run around in the pocket a little bit longer than check it to Devontae Adams, where maybe the maybe the drop concern was there, but, at least subconsciously. Yeah. And he he didn't seem uh, Rodgers that is didn't seem to be looking for Adams when it came to like red zone. But now this year he has five touchdowns already in seven games. Yeah, I mean yeah. or six games rather. So I mean you can't really argue with that with that kind of touchdown rate you got to have him yeah i mean Devonta adams six one two fifteen, not the typical red zone option but if they run pick plays and stuff with randall mm-hmm. cobb and there there are red zone options i mean even though they don't have eddie lacy i mean you can go to jordy in the fade you can go to randall cobb he's always reliable in the red zone so Devonta adams maybe not the first person on the list of opposing defenses here yeah. here's what i found interesting with Devonta adams his availability i'm sorry his ownership 19% Yahoo, 18% ESPN. So he's somehow owned or available in more than 80% of leagues in both formats. Yet, of course, naturally up in Wisconsin, he's already been long owned, right? Yeah, exactly. Have so, you checked on him in any league? Um, because he wrote down that he's uh, on or that he's owned in all of your leagues except one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I looked up my league situation as well. The two yeah. leagues that there are a lot of Wisconsin people in. You know, he is owned. He was owned like uh, two in, weeks ago in those leagues. In the other two with barely any I, I might be the only wisconsin person in both of those leagues he's unowned yeah i mean i'm in a beat a rotowire expert league on fan tracks and that mm-hmm. was the only league where he's out there hopefully these uh you guys aren't listening to this because i i want to get him on waivers this week it's just a standard <laughs> waiver league yeah here. i want him i want him on my team guys seriously let me i mean what him. is your record on so what's your waiver position I, i'm three and four but my waiver position is up there i believe i had a bad start because gronk and Golden Tate. But now that Golden Tate's starting to come alive, like I said, mm-hmm. things are starting to turn around. I've actually, sure. I started 0-4, and now I've won my last three. So I'm going to be vying. I'm projected to win to go to 4-4 four and four this week. Yes. I guess we'll see. You know, that's just a, a side random league. <laughs> With every game I win, one less person gets a free Roto-Wire subscription. So hopefully I keep rolling here and uh, maybe right. get, some, get myself in the playoffs here. But anyway, yes, Devontae Adams, bottom line, I want him. You should want him on your team. If it's a fab situation... How much money are you throwing out there, Eric? So, yeah, um, I see Kevin Payne here has $48. I'd probably go out, go on the higher end of that just because 
the of the touchdown, like the fact that Rodgers is looking for him in the red zone at this point. I mean, if you're sitting there debating between Rashard Matthews and Mohamed Sanu and I don't know some other scrubs in your okay, not scrubs, I shouldn't say that, but like some other low low end flex spot, sure. and you need Devonta Adams, I have no problem with the twenty one dollar bid. Maybe like Quincy Anunua too yeah, like yeah, Quincy, yeah, in that if you're sitting in a, in a very strong maybe you got Terrell Pryor who's been inconsistent with a hamstring injury yeah uh, maybe you have other issues at the position maybe Chris Hogan didn't work out for you maybe I mean who knows there's some or maybe John Brown deck, yeah John Brown's been letting you down I mean in that case go ahead and spend 16 to 21 on Devontae Adams because mm-hmm. he won't have this production every week but he'll have similar line at least two or three more times the rest of the season it won't be the most consistent, but especially as long as they go to this kind of dinking and dunking passes, he's someone that needs to be on your radar. Yeah, you're right. So if you really want to get him, you probably should double that, you know, max bit of uh, Kevin Payne's because mm-hmm. if you throw out 16, you're probably going to get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like I, I, I would be hard pressed to like think of a scenario in which you wouldn't be able to get him at that point. Yeah, Nick Whalen dropped him in our stake league this week, and mm-hmm. it's a 14-team league. So He's available have, in the stake league? He was dropped before the Thursday night game in favor of Marquise Lee. That's what happens when uh, you're a Jakes fan, I guess. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. That's anyway. going to be pretty ridiculous this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of the Jags and Marquise Lee, he's actually worth a pickup, I believe. I don't know if he was worth dropping Devontae Adams for. We can second-guess that until the end of the season here. Hopefully, I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, Devontae Adams gets added on my team. But anyway, Marquise Lee of the Jacksonville Jaguars was really the only ref- effective receiving option in Sunday's home matchup against Oakland. Let me say that again. Sunday's home matchup against Oakland. That should be a dream fantasy matchup, I believe. Blake Bortles kind of stunk this one up, though. Allen Robinson, very limited. Allen Hearns, very limited. Marquis Lee, though, seven catches on eight targets. Nice efficiency for 107 yards. He was tied, actually, with Allen Robinson uh, with a team-high eight targets here. Is Marquis Lee someone you're looking to add? Oh, yeah, for sure. As you mentioned, targets the last three weeks, six, six, and seven. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry. I'm looking at the wrong person right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's Cordero Patterson. But we'll rather, talk about him in a second. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, anyway, Marquise Lee hasn't scored the season at least seven, but he has at least seven targets in five straight games. Eight point eight yards per target. That's you know decent mark. It's modest, but he gets targeted on short passes a lot, sure. which I think makes him useful in PPR formats. He gets those screens that are essentially like running plays where you get six to eight yards, kind of those those flats where they get mm-hmm. you on the outside with one blocker. He gets a lot of those. So I, and it's not surprising to see the yards per target because he's not someone Bortles looks to downfield, especially when you've got Robinson and Hearns for yeah. that. But and then, and then he's hauled. The yeah, and then Marquise Lee is also hauled in 29 of 38 passes, so that's a 76% catch rate. That's pretty dang good. That's, again, that's, again, that's in like the upper tier of uh, wideouts in the league. Yeah, again, a lot of that can be attributed to the play calling, but yes. nonetheless, if this pattern continues, he should be owned in PPR formats, I believe. Maybe maybe it's the only pass that Blake Bortles can com- like complete competently at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly <laughs> what it's looking like, so uh, keep an eye on Marquise Lee. Maybe pick him up if you're... I mean, he should probably be owned in a deeper format already. Don't drop Devontae Adams for him, but get him on your team if you can here. Yeah. The other guy you mentioned alluded to earlier, I skipped over him, but I'll, I'll head back to him Cordero Patterson owned in just two percent of Yahoo one percent of ESPN leagues he's now scored in back-to-back weeks so I guess by default we have to mention him I mean I'm not really putting any bids out for him to be honest uh there's just uh, a couple other better candidates I'm going after here well I mean but in 14 16 teamers there's there's a case to be made for 
taking a look, right? Yeah. Do you do you really want to rely upon like anybody in the Vikings offense aside from maybe Stefan Diggs? Yeah. But and Stefan Diggs has been dealing with injury recently, mm-hmm. so he's only going to get healthier. Meaning Patterson is probably going to lose some effectiveness in this offense, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even uh, even Kyle Rudolph is uh, a little bit I mean, inconsistent, he, but Kyle Rudolph definitely lands ahead of Patterson. I mean, in the he's in order for targets. Yeah, yeah, I think he, I think Rudolph may lead the team in targets just because Diggs, you know, was injured, yeah. um, you know, for a week there. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about Vikings receivers on this mm-hmm. show in the past. We talked about Adam Thielen, especially with uh, Diggs out. Uh, looks shows shades of talent, but mm-hmm. then kind of fizzled out. Cordero, Cordero Patterson, you better be ready for a lot of inconsistency if you intend on picking him up because I don't, <laughs> I don't think this touchdown streak is going to continue. No. I know he's got the talent, he's got the tools. Uh, and, you know, maybe I think does he still return kicks for him? That might give him a little bit extra upside. But, he does, but but overall, yeah. So there you go. So but but overall, you know. I, I'm not putting a ton of stake in him. Just worth a mention for deeper leagues. Another mention for deeper leagues, Brandon LaFell scored once again. Seems to be the clear-cut number two behind A.J. Green, especially while Tyler Eifert continues to be greatly, greatly limited. I have Brandon LaFell in a 16-teamer. I started him in my flex this week because it, I had to. It's brutal. You kind of had to, right? Yeah, there's that. So, I mean, between bye weeks and Eddie Lacy being hurt in that particular league, uh, there was a spot for Brandon LaFell in my flex. I mean, Cincinnati Cincinnati is facing Washington this week, so, mm-hmm. I mean, he's yeah. <laughs> a good candidate to actually score for the fourth yeah. week in a row. Exactly. I mean, he'll get he'll get Breland probably with Norman on green, but remember, Norman left Sunday's game, concussion. Believe, with a concussion, so Josh Norman going to have to clear protocol there. These Cincinnati receivers, including LaFell, will all be somebody players the target here especially if josh norman is out here all right real quick drop candidate sammy Coates re-injured his hand last week and he's heading into a bye i think it's safe even regardless of how long landry jones is the quarterback probably safe to let him go and also man is it finally time to give up on tyler lockett he's presumably healthy now but he was targeted just twice in sunday's brutal matchup or do you wait one more week for the seahawks to play the saints and see if Lockett can do anything in that game. I would wait another week. One, a person I may drop, though, before him is actually John Brown. He was diagnosed with a sickle cell trait. Mm-hmm. They're um, not sure like when he'll actually be able to play again. Um, I mean, they're aiming for a return this weekend, this mm-hmm. Sunday. But who knows what the, if that will actually happen. They have to find a solution to make sure he can actually uh, handle the rigors of uh, you know, a football game. Yeah, and I mean, his production to date was like wide receiver six level anyway. It's not yeah, like it exactly. was good or in anywhere near consistent here. So yeah, go ahead and uh, cut bait with John Brown here. Tight ends, Eric. Last week we talked about uh, Jack Doyle. He's owned in just 15% of ESPN leagues still. He scored once again, had a nice week this week. CJ Fedorowicz in the Monday night game uh, that we kind of talked about, we didn't really talk about him much in the recap portion because he only had 35 receiving yards, five catches, seven targets. So those guys are on the radar. Um, But, I mean, Jack Doyle, I think, is your clear pickup. I'm almost ready to start throwing out Greg Olson and trade offers in stake league because mm-hmm. I'm starting to be more and more confident in Jack Doyle the rest of the season, and I'm going to see maybe what I can get for someone like Olsen. Okay. Well, but, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, let's I'm just talk. kidding. I honestly need, I need an upgrade at quarterback, and I could always use a third wideout. So, yeah, okay. we'll, we'll definitely talk here. But tight end-wise, 
Vernon Davis only owned 23% of Yahoo and 28% of ESPN formats, uh, but that's going to be very contingent on the status of Jordan Reed. Do you have any updates there, Eric? Well, yeah, he he was actually cleared for practice this week, but under the concussion protocol, you can actually practice. You can only do individual drills. You can't take any contact. So, I mean, I guess that's going to be part of the the protocol. Like, can he actually do, you know, these drills without, like, concussion symptoms recurring? Yeah. And then he will have to get the get clearance from an independent neurologist at some point this week. Mm-hmm. And I, I would be... If he's if he doesn't practice in full by Friday, they're probably just going to rule him out again. Meaning Vernon Davis is going to be you know the number one tight end again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course uh, he's got a pretty decent matchup here. Actually, yeah, v- against the Bengals, match. it's against the Bengals. Yeah. So you know, not not a shutdown matchup, but not the greatest matchup either. But in the two weeks without Jordan Reed, he's got two catches for fifty and a touchdown, and then six catches for seventy nine. So the trajectory seems to be up. I mm-hmm. don't think we quite missed our window on Vernon Davis. I think there's at least maybe another week or two of utility. Yeah, <laughs> and we have seen uh, Jordan Reed miss multiple. Like, didn't he miss four or five games in a row mm-hmm. within the last two seasons with a concussion? So I mean, this could last a while conceivably yeah there's absolutely precedent for this yeah so i mean maybe at least this weekend maybe and who knows going forward Mm -hmm. yeah so worth an ad if you're in a tough tight end spot because man there are there are some tough tight ends on buys this week i mean dennis pitta it's not like the rams had anyone maybe kendrick's uh the dolphins giants Uh, i'm looking at these tight ends and there's actually not that many good tight ends on buy this week most of the tight end ones are back here but um so washington and cincinnati is actually the london game so they're leaving early i i guess i should rephrase what i said earlier they may actually leave on thursday Mm -hmm. i I would guess if he doesn't you know get that clearance from a neurologist by that point Mm -hmm. he just won't even make the trip and we'll know by thursday if he's gonna you know, be playing on Sunday morning. Yeah, keep him back in Washington, maybe in a dark room. Let him <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, like, the traveling can't be good for concussions. Not either, at all. So <laughs> that, that actually lowers the prognosis a little bit. However, if you're going to pick up Vernon Davis and use him, uh, make sure you go ahead and get him early. Wake up early on Sunday morning or just do it while you're out at the bar Saturday night, tipping a few back. Uh, yeah. Fantasy football apps, it's a great thing these days. But be sure to make that change super early you'll probably know ahead of time if he'll be mm-hmm. playing we don't know now but within the next two days you should have a good idea lastly eric any streaming defense options i mean our typical theme is pick on the browns in that case it would be the jets i mean maybe i because the quarterback if it's whether it's keith hogan and they have some time to prepare for him kevin hogan sorry comes, yeah kevin hogan <laughs> whoops my bad uh, well, i don't know why i want to say keith keith stone keith i don't, I don't know there's keith on our softball team uh, whatever <laughs> But uh, Kevin Hogan, okay, so whoever it is for Cleveland, uh, whoever's healthy, if Cody Kessler is able to come back, who knows, if Josh McCown makes an early comeback, I mean, I was this kind of, Jets front seven is talented. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the You're co- right. pass coverage hasn't been great, but they can stop the run and rush the passer. Yeah, so when the Jets played the Cardinals, you know, two weeks ago, they were actually putting a ton of pressure on Carson Palmer, but, you know... The Cardinals actually have a decent offensive line, whereas you can't really argue the same with the Jet or sorry the uh, Browns Us outside of Joe Thomas and their center uh, Irving. I can't think of his first name off the top of my head. I think Cameron Cameron, Irv- Cameron. Cameron Irving. He's dealing with injury too. So yeah, their their line's banged up, and I can't really see them protecting whoever it is under center. 
Yeah, I generally don't like to pick road defenses this stream, but I think there's a case to be made here. Uh, lastly, I want a quick note that uh, the Eagles and Cowboys have the second lowest over-under on the entire slate at 43.5. So if either of those teams are out there, I think the Eagles' defense, like their availability is starting to dry up. They've played pretty dang well mm-hmm. and from a fantasy yeah. perspective. So, uh, but, it, but if they're out there, I think both of those guys are decent options. Dak Prescott, as good as he's been, is still a rookie, so you never really know. There's always a chance of a, it's rookie a v. Of rookie. Yeah, this is rookie v. rookie in this one. So even the Cowboys against Wentz, who has not looked the greatest in the last couple of weeks, definitely not looked like his first three weeks self. I mean, okay, so Wentz, yeah, they, they managed to get uh, the victory against Minnesota, but... I mean, there'll be some but, turnovers in this game. Let's yeah, just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Going against Minnesota, like he was only he, he rarely went downfield. It was, mm-hmm. you know, short passes to the left or right, and you know, in routes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, not a lot to get excited about there, but maybe get something to get excited about in the opposing defense sure. category there. That's going to wrap things up for today's episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Wix.com. Also, remember to check out Rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D. Once again, I'm Jake Latarski. You can find me on Twitter at jakeski52. Over here, I'm Eric Katuri, and you can find me on Twitter at etcat30. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return Wednesday with Mario and John.